Hi, I'm Clark McCauley. I'm a research professor of psychology, Bryn Mawr College, and I'm here with my longtime colleague, Sofia Moskalenko, with whom I have written many articles and several books. And we're pleased to have this chance to be having a conversation today. So, Sophia, we're going to be talking about a word. We're going to be talking about radicalization to political violence, um, and in our latest book together, "Radicalization to Terrorism: What Everyone Needs to Know," we put forth a new way of thinking about political radicalization. So, Clark. Can you describe this new way of thinking? What about it is um, different from other ideas of radicalization? Well, most people try to think about uh, political radicals and especially terrorists uh, as something out there. It's a problem out there. And when you think about it like that, you could imagine if we could just find these problem people and fix them and forget them, we could go back to the lives we had before we had to deal with them. But our story, our view, is that this is not a helpful way to think about it, that you have to understand radicalization as occurring in the context of political conflict. And a political conflict always has at least two sides. And you have to think about radicalization in the context of political conflict, which means that you got to think about two sides at the same time. So when you're thinking about the U.S. facing terrorist threats, you have to think about the terrorists as representing one side of a political conflict and U.S. Americans, Westerners representing uh, the other side. And this is important because for one real good reason, every time you see radicalization on one side, you see radicalization on the other side. So when the terrorists attack us, uh, we are radicalized. We become more ready for conflict, more ready for violence. So if you think about it that way, when you think about conflict, two-sided at least, then you think about how, if you want to understand that conflict, if you want to understand radicalization on both sides, you have to think about the conflict in, in ways in which what we do is just as important in the conflict as what they do. So that's, in a nutshell, the perspective that we think is new to most people, but a great aid to understanding radicalization and conflict, including radicalization to violence. So how's that? Right. And I want to add to that, that um, another 
novel way of thinking about radicalization that we propose is to think about it not only as an individual level problem when some person becomes radical and not even as a small group problem when some small group becomes radical or turns to terrorism, but also as a mass society, mass publics level, um, meaning that a whole group of uh, people sharing a religion or an ethnicity or a political affiliation can become more radical, meaning more supportive of intergroup conflict and even violence. And the mechanisms for that may be less direct, a little harder to observe than those for individual or small group um, cases of radicalization, but they're no less important. Um, so for example, in the USA right now, um, there are two different narratives that advance the idea of martyrdom, which um, we found is a very powerful um, mass identity manipulation. Um, when people are made to think of martyrdom, they are um, pushed to pick a side in, in a conflict that the martyrdom story unveils. And so in the United States now, one group of people is advancing a narrative where Donald Trump is the martyr. Um, another group of people is advancing a narrative about George Floyd, the victim of police brutality, painting him as a martyr. And whether or not there is a real underlying martyrdom underneath, there is very, very real radicalization that happens as a result of these narratives being advanced via social media and just mass media with whole society becoming more radical and more supportive of group conflict and violence. Great work and right on time. Mm-hmm. <laughs>